Well, hello there, top teachers. We are your hosts, Michelle Foray and Bridget Spackman, and we are here to make your life easier by helping you master your time, organization, and productivity as a teacher. We've got a good one for you today. And every time I say that, I feel like the host of Family Feud. If you all watch Family Feud, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But today we are going to share your beginning of the year must-haves. And yes, these are your must-haves even in a pandemic, okay? Now, what we mean by your must-haves, these are the things that you need to have done and ready to go before the year starts. We're not talking about buying stuff. We're talking about things that you need to get done so that you can start the year with less stress. But before that, let's hear a TSH from Kevin. My time-sucking hurdle is the anxiety of going back to school in the fall. Kevin, we're all with you on that one. I know this sounds silly, but all the craziness going on in the world right now, I'm really struggling to plan for the upcoming school year. As an upcoming second-year teacher, I really want to alter my plans and curriculum to provide even stronger learning experiences for my students than last year. However, I do not want to begin planning in-person material and then have to transfer my teaching to a digital format or vice versa. How do I begin planning for the upcoming school year when times are just so uncertain? Kevin, I think we are all right there with you. We completely understand where you're coming from, but I almost feel like you have it just a little bit harder than so many because it is your second year of teaching. I feel like we always tell teachers, your first year is survival. The second year is really where we want to start kind of playing with our pedagogy and changing who we are as teachers and kind of finding our way because we've done it a little bit. And for you, it's just a hard struggle because you don't know where you're going to be and what the school year is going to look like. I would just say really focus on how much this is going to help you grow as a teacher. Yes, right now it's overwhelming and it's stressful, but when you finish your second year, you are going to see how much progress you made because of these difficult circumstances. And let's face it, this year is going to be totally different, whether it's your first year of teaching, your 10th year, 20th year, it doesn't matter. It's going to be overwhelming for all of us. And that doesn't matter if you're in person, if you're virtual, if you're blended, it's going to be overwhelming for all of us because things are changing. And I know it may feel like you're not in control of a lot of the situations and a lot of the decisions being made. I know I have felt like that, but the reality is that there are still things you can control and you can get done so that you will feel less overwhelmed. And that's what we're going to cover in this episode. And I think more than anything, we have to remember that done is better than perfect. (laughs) So a lot of the times when I feel like we as teachers want to make sure that all the experiences that we give our kids is absolutely perfect. We have to have some grace with ourselves and understand that because things are changing, we have to be flexible. And so things might not be exactly the way that you want them to be. So just remember, done is better than being perfect. We're going to jump right into it. We're going to share five of your beginning of the year must-haves, the things that you can be doing, whether you're in person, whether you're virtual, or whether you have no idea yet what's even happening with this year. These are things that you can do today in order to make yourself feel less stressed. So the very first one is student login information. Okay. And I know what some of you are already thinking. You're like, okay, Michelle, I don't even have that information yet. Guess what? 
I don't either. I'm in the same boat. But you know what I can do? I can create a template for myself that as soon as I get that login information, all I have to do is plug and chug. I just have to type it in and I'm ready to go. But even having that template is going to make my life that much easier. And we really have to kind of think of two different ways of having this information. One of the ways that we need to have the information is by having it on one to two sheets. And this means that you have all of the student login information on one to two pages. So that way it's easy for you to reference it. I remember back when we first started going through lock, our quarantine time, but we were still teaching, I would have parents saying, well, my child doesn't remember their login information. Y'all, that one to two pages saved my life because I was very, I very, quickly kind of was able to get back to that parent and tell them what the login information was. So have that template ready to go. Like you, Michelle said, even if you don't have that student information, have it ready. So that way you can just plug and play at the very beginning once you receive it all. Um, I also highly recommend cards. So this is something that I've been doing since I have been at the school that I've been at. And I make little bitty cards. They almost look like business cards. And on that business card, I put the, the student's name. I put their email, their username, their password. Um, and sometimes I even have their IXL because typically their IXL was a little bit different. And that card was something that I would pass out. So as we were learning these things and I was doing maybe some tech lessons, I would pass up the cards to all of the students they would use them right then and there and then I would collect them back. Now I have very few occasions where I would have to give the card to the student and say we're going to like just tape this to your iPad or to your folder because you can't remember how to use it. But it was a real big time saver. Now I have gone the route of using stickers and placing them directly into my students agendas. Now again that's another template you can meet you can make. If you're going to print them onto stickers or labels, go ahead and get that template ready to go. So all you have to do is type it in there. Obviously, I am going to be teaching online until the end of January. I'm not going to be able to give my students stickers to go in their agendas. They're not even going to have agenda, agenda books. But I thought about it and I said, you know what? I could almost make digital agendas for my students using Google Slides. So each student would have their own Google Slides where I can put all of the information that is relevant to that student. So it's personalized. I can put their login information there. If I know they need certain resources, like a multiplication chart, I can take the image and just pop it into their Google Slides. So having all of this ready to go is going to make my life so much easier once I actually get their login information, because all I have to do is type it and I'm set. So the second must have that we want to share with you guys are student checklists. Guys, I love me a good student checklist. Like these are probably one of the first things that I make as soon as I get my rosters uh, because I know that I'm going to be using them a ton, especially during that first week of school when I'm getting so many different papers that are being turned in and I need to make sure that I have them all from each of the students so that I can turn them into the front office. So having those little student checklists where I can paper clip it or binder clip it to that stack of papers is incredibly helpful but also having some for digital engagement, some attendance. I know back again, when I was in quarantine and I was having to teach online, that was something that was really important to me. I wanted to make sure that I was checking in and have some form of a checklist to make sure that students were engaged online or that they were even there online. That way it allowed me to be able to follow up with parents at home or make phone calls if needed. 
I know another checklist I've always used is for field trips. Now, who even knows what's going to happen with field trips this year? But I would have one checklist where I could keep track of who has turned in their money, who has turned in their permission slip, whose parent wants to volunteer, whose parent has been cleared by the office to be able to volunteer. Like it was all in one place. But I also would use checklists to keep track of formative data or like homework being turned in. The point is, if you create one template, all you have to do when you get your student roster, because again, I don't have that yet, is copy and paste the student names into every single checklist, and then you're good to go for the year. And you all can reuse the same template year after year after year. So you're going to do it this year, and then next year, you're going to come back and listen to this episode and be like, yeah, I already got that done. And it's going to feel really good. Yeah, girl, it does feel really good because let me tell you, I have my checklist already ready and all I did was I made a copy from the ones that I used last year and I just erased the names and booyah, I'm set for this school year. And let's be clear for a second. When we say create a template, I don't mean just creating a table of you know rows and columns. You need to go ahead and fill in those headings. So if you know there are certain papers that have to be turned in at the beginning of the year, go ahead and type those into the headings. Or if you know that you're going to use this checklist to be able to keep formative data for your different math units and the different standards, go ahead and put those standards in the headings. That's going to make your life that much easier. And the great thing is you can use these checklists digitally, or you can print them out and use paper copies. So again, it doesn't matter whether you're in the classroom or you're online. You can use them both ways. Bridget, I feel like we should give them our recommendations for how to create the checklist, like what programs and things. So what do you use? So I personally have always used really a paper version, to be honest. And I ended up making mine inside of Google Slides. So that way I have an easy way to just kind of make a copy. And then I printed out a bunch of them. However, I have to say this last year has really pushed me towards using um, Google Sheets. And so now I've been utilizing that little feature that you taught me where I can make the little square and then I can unclick the square. Oh, it's so lovely. Like it just is such a satisfying feeling, like just tapping it and it's like check mark. And I was like, oh, this is good. I love it. So I will use the Google Sheets now um, and it works out so great for me. I'm so proud of you for embracing Google Sheets. I use basically the same things. I use Google Slides is kind of where I started, but since then I have switched over to Google Sheets. What I really like is I use one Google Sheets for basically all of my checklists and I create a different sheet or workbook, I think is what it's called on there for each different kind of checklist. So all I have to do is click through the tabs at the bottom and I bookmark it on my Google Chrome browser so I can click it at any time and pull it up and check off things using the very satisfying checkbox. Yeah, I use my iPad. And so I just walk around with my iPad. I feel like I look super official every time I I do it. It's just like, there I am with my iPad. All right, number three parent information or handbook. So basically what we mean by this is getting all of this stuff ready that you're going to have to share with parents, whether they're coming to the school for like a meet the teacher back to school night and you're giving them physical papers or whether you're just sharing this information with them digitally. So some of these things, we mean like a paper flip book. I know I've done like a fourth grade handbook and it had like three pieces of paper and they were kind of folded into a flip book. It might be a digital slideshow that you're going to either show in person or through, you know, an online video conferencing, whatever, 
it's that slideshow that gives them all the information. Or it might just be a digital PDF that you can email or you can kind of combine those, right? Like you can take a slideshow and then show it and then save it as a PDF and email it. So you kind of get two uses out of it. So Bridget, what kind of information would you include in this? So, you know, I, I kind of want to backtrack just for a second because I find that this is probably out of all of the things that I think we're recommending, this to me is the most important thing. Um, and, and especially right now, because I, and I don't know what you're kind of, how you guys do it at your school, but I have my kids for like a couple of weeks before I ever meet the parents. And so that's kind of really hard because I, I know like me as a mom, I want to know what my kids are doing. Like I want to know what their schedule is like. I, you know, I get the, yeah, it was fine. It was good. Like, like school was fine. I got to see my friends and I'm like, yeah, but what's your schedule? Like what, what are your teachers like? You know, what are you doing class? What are you going to be learning this year? I want to know all that information as a mom. And I don't get that information from my kids when they come home. So I look for the teacher to be able to supply that to me. And it's really hard, especially for my families that they just don't have that. You know what I mean? So for me, what I do is I actually will send home digital copies. Like I will send an email with all of these copies already to them at the very beginning of the year. And so I introduce myself through email and I send all of this information. But then I know that in a couple of weeks, I'm going to have the meet the teacher night. Um, and this is where families will get to come in. And then I have folders with all of this information inside of it. Guys, we go through like talking about how to use Schoology, how to use Skyward, Skyward which are all of the um, systems that my school district will use. We talk about the units that the kids are going to be learning. We talk about the field trips. Um, so any sort of information that's in there is going to be in there. And because I'm a Mac team, we work just a little bit different than everybody else in the school that we go by cycle years. So um, this is our cycle one this year. Um, so we're going to give them information about what cycle one looks like and then two and three. So we talk about expectations, behavior, we give them schedules, we tell them about how do we go about um, providing them feedback. Um, I'm assuming this for you, this would be like a grading um, and how you would end up grading. And then we give them some information about who we are personally and some of the things that we're interested in because we really do look at building a family together. See, that's very interesting because for us, we have always met the students and the parents kind of at the same time with a meet the teacher type night where they come in before the school year even starts. So the point is different districts do very different things. And especially this year, I think everyone is going to be doing something different than what they typically do. So I want to give you all just a couple of ideas of ways to go about this so that you could do it digitally or in person. Now, I've seen a lot of teachers and I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to share my thoughts and you know, we'll move on. I've seen a lot of teachers creating these very adorable Google slides presentations that they are going to send to parents or families to be able to get to know the teacher ahead of time. The issue that I personally have with this is that you are assuming that that family knows how to operate your slides and knows how to click on things and use the hyperlinks. And that's probably not the case for a lot of the families. If maybe your school community, if they're super tech savvy, great. But that might not be the case. Bridget is raising her hand to tell me she has something to say. Go ahead. I do have something to say. And it goes right along the lines of what you're talking about. I do think that the little slides are super adorable. And I have to admit that I created one. Um, I don't know if I'm going to use it. I probably won't use it at all. But I think it is really, really cute. Uh, but this made me think of, I was watching Jen Jones's um 
Instagram story the other day, and she was actually sharing a video um, of a teacher who was trying to teach virtually. Okay. And the entire time she was doing like, I think it was either a kindergarten or first grade classroom or something, but the entire time she's sitting there trying to help the parent problem solve on how to use the technology. And so I think that's a prime example is that we assume parents know how to navigate all of these things and they don't. Like I was just the other day talking with one of my neighbors. They didn't know they had Wi-Fi. How do you not, how do you not realize that you have Wi-Fi? We're like, yeah, you have Wi-Fi. Like this is your name on the Wi-Fi that we can get at our house. Like you have Wi-Fi. So we have to make sure that we're not assuming that and that we really are trying to make it as simple as possible. I know we want to be cute. I really do. But when we're working with something that is so new to so many families, we have to be simple. I, I agree. My mom asked me the other day what a URL was, and I had to explain that to her. Oh, bless her heart. Okay. So here's one idea. <laughs> you could actually create a Google Doc that you can then share with parents through a link that would be view only, meaning they can see everything that you've done, but they're not going to be able to go in and edit that Google Doc. Here's what I love about Google Docs versus using like Word. With a Google Doc, it's a living document, which means you can go in and update it. And the parents who have the link to this document, as you update it, they're going to see those updates in real time versus if you send them a PowerPoint or, or yeah, a Word document, PowerPoint, whatever, they're not going to see changes. You would have to resend them the updated document, which is a pain. Parents don't want to deal with that, right? Like they don't want to deal with, well, do I have the most current one? Give them one link teach them how to bookmark it, maybe record a video of yourself to teach them how to bookmark it. And then you can update that Google Doc throughout the year as things change or as you get new information. Another option is to create a Google site. If you have not created a Google site, you need to just play around with it. It's super user-friendly. It's very much like drag and drop to basically create a website. But the great thing of a Google site is the fact that most people, I would say, know how to operate a website. And by sending them to a Google site versus like a Google Slides is most likely they're gonna be more familiar with how to navigate a website in comparison to Google Slides, which is a program most people probably have not used unless they're educators or they've been using it with their kids. Another option is to create a Google form. Now this would be a way to collect information from parents. So the Google Doc and the Google site is a way to provide parents with information. Google form would be a way for them to provide you with information. This is gonna help reduce that paper flow. And especially right now with COVID-19, I don't think we wanna deal with a lot of papers coming to families and leaving families and all of that. So using a Google form will allow them to provide you with contact information and any questions that you want them to complete. And you can link to that Google form on the Google Doc or on the Google site. So it's all in one place and it's easy for parents to navigate. One last thing before we move on to our next uh, must have is to really, again, go back to just being simple. If your school is adopting a new um, LMS, I know Michelle's school might be adopting an LMS this year, but if you have an LMS, I strongly encourage you to just learn how to be able to place everything within that learner management system. So for me, Schoology, like I have an entire page at the very beginning that my 
my parents can go onto it and they have all the information that they could ever want. I have links to other resources for them. I have information that if they have questions, here's how you can send me an email and it's all with a click of a button. Get parents used to just going to one place. We need to stop trying to send them to so many different places because they're they're going to get lost. They're not going to know, well, was that in Seesaw or was that in Schoology? Or, oh, wait, do I go to Skyward for that or do I need to go to the Google site for that? We need to keep it in one spot. I mean, make it simple. Yes, I've always heard the acronym KISS. Keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> I actually heard that on a TV show the other day. And as soon as they said it, I was like, oh my gosh, Michelle taught me that. I know what that means. <laughs> my sixth grade teacher used to say that, but instead of keep it simple, stupid, he used to say keep it simple, silly, which was you know a lot more school appropriate. Oh, that's appropriate. Yeah. All right. So number four uh, is going to be first week of school activities. So this means you need to really have an idea and a plan of what is it that you want to accomplish that first week of school. Now for me, guys, I'm going to tell you that I am going to be all procedures. So uh, normally in the past, what I have always done was we've started school on a Wednesday. So we would have three full days where we would build relationships. We would talk about routines, procedures. We would go through the whole shebang. um, And then we would start with a little bit more like you know, true lessons, but it's like introductions to our workshops, essentially. But this year, we are starting school on a Friday, and I am physically in school, by the way. Uh, I know Michelle's going to be teaching virtually. Me, I'm going to be in school, wearing a mask all day, living my best life. Um, I said that sarcastically. <laughs> so because we're going to be starting on a Friday, we have decided just like as a Mac team that we're going to spend that next full week of school really talking about safety procedures. What is the school you're really going to look like for the year? You know, how are we going to be transitioning, you know, sitting at your desk, maintaining health um, protocols, all of the things that we have to end up doing. So for me, what I'm going to do is just create a list of all of the procedures that I feel as though I'm going to have to teach because I will be very honest. I I am a stickler for procedures. Like I nail those so hard at the beginning of the year because I know that when I nail those hard and the kids are have them down, that's when I'm able to teach. I have to have the behavior management. I have to have the classroom management down so that everything else can go really smoothly a little bit later on. So what I'm going to do is create my list of procedures um, and then I'm going to break it into blocks. So what I like to do is kind of think of my class as like 15 to 30 minute blocks. And then I will just kind of plug and play with my procedures and then adding in some really fun activities. It makes it easy for me to be able to play in that first week, but then it also um, assures me that I'm hitting everything that I need to hit. Now, when I plan out my first week of school, I actually do it by creating a slideshow. (laughs) You all know I love slideshows to teach. It just keeps me on track. I am not one to write out full lesson plans because the reality is I don't look at them when I'm teaching. But what I do is I create a slideshow that includes everything I need to cover. So as Bridget mentioned, if there's procedures I need to teach, I'm going to have slides for it. If I have activities planned and games that we're going to play, I have slides for it. (laughs) And the great thing is once I create it the next year, I just have to go in and make little adjustments. So When we say plan out your first week of school activities, that might mean you're writing those full lesson plans. 
It might be required by your school. If so, I'm really sorry. It might mean just making a list of those procedures you need to teach. It might mean getting all of those materials ready for the game that you're going to play. It might mean creating that slideshow. Like it is whatever works for you, but basically it's going to allow you to go into that first week of school with a plan, knowing what you're going to do. And I know um, I mentioned this just a little bit ago, but with the pandemic and everything that's going on and how schools are really changing and what it's going to look like in person, I have to really make sure that I'm hitting all of the new procedures that I need to teach. So I might have twice as many procedures that I need to go about um, teaching that very first week of school. So I find that just kind of having that list with those little increment and I can just kind of plug and play um, as I go along um, makes it so much easier for me. And one last tip for this, always plan more than you think you need because sometimes you fly through stuff at a much faster pace than you anticipate. So definitely have way more than you need. And then if you don't get to stuff, you can always use it the second or third week. So moving on to number five, our last must have for you are new student kits. We all know how stressful it can be when you get a call from the office and they're like, hey, I have a new student for you. And they're on your way, you know, they're on the way to the room right now. And you're like, Uh, great, I got nothing. Go ahead at the beginning of the year as you're getting all of your stuff ready, make some extra quote unquote kits for your new students. Now, if you're in person, you can store this in a gallon bag. That's what I've always done. You put all of the extra papers and things that they need into one bag, maybe make up three to five of them, depending on how many new students you typically get and store them away in a cabinet. But the reality is so many of us are going to be digital this year, or maybe we're rethinking how we're going to distribute materials and maybe we're moving away from physical paper and we're going to do things more digitally. If that's the case, make a folder on Google Drive, because you know, Bridget and I love Google Drive, and have that folder have copies of all of the stuff you need for new students. So that way, when you get one, you're basically just printing out everything in that folder or sending it in an email, whatever it is that you are doing in order to get it in the hands of the student. It's all in one place for you. And so as you start to kind of think about creating this, you have to think about things to place inside of it. And we recommend making sure that you have parent information, all of the things that we were talking about earlier, make sure that you you have that in there so that you, they, your parents know exactly what the school year is going to look like no matter where you are in the year. Login information, you can go ahead and have that blank. Guys, I would have name tags blank and I would just write it in with a Sharpie. It was so easy. I didn't have to worry about making something up. I had blank ones that I could just write their name in and it worked out fine. You could even, if you really wanted to make sure that everything was printed and the way it needed to look, use the bigger labels and then buy smaller ones that you know you can very easily go through and just type a name and stick a label on a label. So that way you still have the cutesy look that you want and you can also have the typed out version as well. Have special materials that students are going to need inside of it. Um, And then we recommend creating some form of a checklist to make sure that you have all the materials prepared. So have that little checklist, mark everything off, stick it inside of that folder, make sure everything's good to go so that that way you can hand it out. I also will have to tell you guys, like, I want everyone that is out there that is in my shoes, like, just know that I am praying for every single one of y'all. So with my district, Michelle, I don't know if I like mentioned this, but guys, I'm going to be teaching in person. And so my district has allowed the parents to be able to choose three digital options. But here's the thing. Get ready. 
my parents can choose to go back and forth whenever. So I might be in the second day of school and boom, I got three kids coming into my class because they no longer are digital. Or I might have, might be in the, you know, two weeks in and have more kids come in, or I might have kids leave. It is going to be like a revolving door. So these new student kits are going to be more important than ever before for me. Yeah. And I think using that digital option is going to make it that much easier. So you don't have to worry about storing and using so many physical materials that end up costing money. So let's go ahead and review our five must-haves. Number one was student login information. And if you don't have that yet, go ahead and make your templates. Number two are student checklists. Again, create those templates so when you have your roster, all you have to do is copy and paste the names in. Number three is parent information and or handbooks, however you're going to distribute the information. Go ahead and get that situated so you can update it as needed and easily send it to parents physically or digitally. Number four are your first week of school activities. Whether it's lesson plans, whether it's a list of procedures or a slideshow, find a way to get prepared for that first week and, you know, thank us later. And number five are those new student kits. Be prepared for new students because we all know it's going to happen. Whether you're in Bridget's shoes and you've got that revolving door or whether you're online and you might have students joining you at any time, make sure you have materials ready to go to share with them and their families. And guys, we are so excited to be able to announce to all of you that we have three virtual workshops that are now available um, for purchase and access. So we have, like I said, three virtual workshops. The first is going to be taking control of your time management, where we go in depth and really help guide you in making sure that you are managing your time in an effective and productive way. We are also going to share a optimizing your organization. So if you find that organization is something that you really struggle with. Uh, We have a class that's all for you and it's really going to help you kind of establish some of those basic organizational uh, systems that will help make you feel as though you are being your most productive self. And then finally, we have becoming a productivity master. So this is really going to take everything to the next level and making sure that you are utilizing your time, your organization, you're putting all of those pieces together to becoming that productivity master. Now, each one of these is about a half an hour, just to give you an idea. But we also have some steps that we want you to take after the workshop in order to put these strategies into practice. So the actual workshop is half an hour, but you're going to have to spend some time afterwards actually getting it ready to go. Now, for our top teachers who want to take control of their time management, optimize their organization, and become a productivity master, we do have a bundle available for all three of them. So you can purchase them individually if you have an area of weakness that you really want to build up, or if you want to be a top teacher, you can purchase the bundle. Keep in mind, these are only available for a limited time on our website. And then once they're gone, they're gone. These are going to be available until Sunday, September 13th. So make sure you head over to teachingonthedouble.com in order to purchase these workshops before they go away on Sunday, September 13th. And while you're on our website, go ahead and submit your TSH. We know that at the beginning of the year can be incredibly stressful. And especially right now with so much uncertainty with what the school year is going to continue to look like, we want to hear what your 
TSHs so that you can be featured on our podcast. Also, don't forget to leave us a review over on iTunes. It really does help us be able to get into the ears of so many other teachers out there. And until next time, be timely, stay organized, and be productive. Bye-bye. See ya.